0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, May 6th, 2021. (laughs) uh, For the YouTube guys, we were muted for a second. Can you do that again, Rick? (laughs) You son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) Let's just restart. You fucking suck.
1: No, no, no. Let's go, let's go, let's go. People should see Uh, what we do here. You want to do it? How how messy this can be. Yes, of course. We're good.
0: All right. Sometimes it just doesn't work to plan. Uh, Hello, everyone. It is Thursday may 6th 2021 we are literally an hour and a half to two hours away from going live with dream day two yep. just to give you a reference of how much shit we have on the go um, but we wouldn't be true men of our words if we didn't uh, get our weekly podcast in but i am joined of course By Yannis. I am Badu. Yannis, you are a beast. How are you doing? Uh, Day two of DreamHack, my man.
1: I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Thanks for asking, but on a level of horrible that I presented in the past four weeks here on this podcast, I think I'm on the least horrible level yet. Uh, Day one was good. I think I gotta tell people how stressful DreamHack is for me compared to a normal Back to Warcraft broadcast to just show... Why I was so stressed, um, the production, of course, I'm still doing it from home. This is just next level stuff. We do so much more uh, while producing that it's 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 like a different kind of job. Um, but everything went fine for day one. That made me really, really happy. Games were cool. Uh, we didn't crash anything yet. Everything worked mostly. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) DreamHack, it's amazing that we can do this. A normal Back to Warcraft broadcast, we got our broadcasting tool that we developed in, like, 2015 or something to get rid of as much work during broadcast as possible. For example, if we put in a match, like a player name, then this automatically links player pictures, statistics, etc., etc., to that players, so we don't have to change pictures, for example, in between. Uh, So everything is as automated as possible. All I'm doing for a normal Back to Warcraft broadcast is uh, setting up cameras for the casters, put in the player names and the schedule, the games that we're about to do, and the bracket. That's pretty much it. Um, Update a bot or something. So this is like... Six different scenes and let's say twenty to twenty five sources like assets in the scenes, right? So I don't have to do too much. Dreamhack everything is a little bit extra, you know there is uh of course one broadcast setting for Europe and America, so everything is already double because I gotta switch uh. Remo and Todd, for for you and Carson. And we got stuff like like a lot more bumpers, we have stuff like player intros, uh, victories, scenes, and player cameras. So I have to adjust every single thing for every single match piece by piece. I feel like a Kraken with 1500 APM doing a DreamHack broadcast, and I gotta do the camera, and I gotta do the casting, and I got to make sure that everything is fine. So this is my life right now. Thank you, Ricky, for beating my ass. In our 100K celebration, my hair would be gone by now. Uh, I think I'm getting gray, but with this haircut at the moment, you can't really see that, maybe on the beard. But I showed you yesterday, like, the bags under my eyes from DreamHack production. And yeah, yeah you did. it is... Uh, It's messy. I will pull it up for the YouTube version. I will pull it up. a little screenshot. I will enhance in a little bit. Um, This was yesterday prior to the first broadcast. And of course, this is the most stressful thing uh, for me because I don't really know if everything is working. We actually have a new system for all the camera things. We came up with that on the fly. So these were... The backs of my eyes yesterday—it's like deep, Jesus. deep, deep shadows, <laughs> like nothing but shadows in my face. Uh, but thanks to the to the technology we got, uh, we can kind of get rid of it for the most part. But yeah, oh boy, those were stressful times. Now that's I went like, on a uh, monologue. Jesus, I'm doing a Bidu monologue here.
0: No, that's totally fine, man. That's totally fine. I uh, I I agree. Like it's crazy the amount of pressure. Like you're used to it. But it's also not fair to just say, well, you're used to it because it is a tremendous amount of work um, and everyone's relying on you. It's not like people think Dreamhack and they think there's a giant production behind everything that's going on on the screen. It's really not. Just it's me. just you, man. It's just, just you. <laughs> you're running everything. You're running transitions. You're also hosting the show. Honestly, man, I think you'd make a great uh, tournament host.
1: I think um, so. I don't know. I man. do. Yeah, maybe I, do. I, I think... Um, if I could just focus on that one job, that would be a little easier, but I'm hosting and setting up the player cameras at the same time, pretty much. I'm talking, that's why I'm not looking at the camera too much, I think, uh, because I'm always on my OBS and adjusting player cameras and check if the players are already there. Uh, and of course, with a player camera, it's not like you just check if it's live. Every setup is a little different, right? So if uh, the player camera fits into one frame, then the player camera of a different player who's maybe sitting more left to his desk or something can be entirely different so every player camera is different and has to be adjusted every single time we switch matches and of course switch uh, positions there as well because sometimes a player is starting on the left hand side then you have to have his camera on the left-hand side, because that's what we want to do. But on the next map, he might be on the right-hand side, and then I have to change everything again for the second map. So, yeah, that is a lot.
0: Just me. Could that be fixed with, like, player one, player two? Is player one always left side, or is it, like, does it change? I don't really know, but...
1: I got two folders. Oh,
0: spawns. No, it has nothing to do with it. Yeah, Yeah. you could spawn wherever the hell, yeah.
1: But uh, I got two folders, uh, like one for the left-hand side, one for the right-hand side. So I got everything prepared already. I just have to enable and disable things. I'm so smart, man. OBS folders, I have no idea who came up with that, but I'm using it Everywhere now. If you look at my OBS setup for DreamHack, it's so clean. Everything is in folders. Everything is named correctly. Everything is set up, I think, like, almost perfectly. And then you look at my Back to Warcraft setup. Oh, boy. It's just the biggest mess. There's sources everywhere. Naming conventions. Not a thing at all. It's just, uh, yeah, a little bit on the fly. I I think I still have... Uh, the source that I used for Floss's interview in January, somewhere here on this broadcasting setup. It's just a total mess. But for DreamHack, of course, uh, everything uh, stepped up a little bit. And as I tweeted out, for DreamHack, I even do my bad in case it's in the camera frame. Ooh, DreamHack is special. DreamHack's great. I
0: really like the implementation of uh, player cams now, but why why do some players not have them? And I thought there were repercussions. Right, yesterday Hunter didn't use his. Literally told the admin it's somewhere in my house and I don't have time to look for it. Like I thought, uh, I thought this shit was mandatory. I want to see it, um, but for some reason, I guess if you just say that your mic or uh, camera is broken or you can't find it, it's, you just get a pass.
1: Yeah, uh, there is penalty for, for not using a camera uh, if it's convincing. So that's already a great adv- uh, advantage compared to the 2020 season where it was voluntary. We had guys like Kraft and Juan who did that. That was amazing. But now we even have Happy and uh, Hawk and Foggy and we saw DICE for the first time ever. Um, this is the great thing about DreamHack. If DreamHack demands like player pictures, l- most of the players actually... Respond and send in good stuff except blade of course <laughs> um, But yeah, this is really cool. We got a lot of assets to work with Which is also something new in the warcraft scene um, I I got an idea for maybe fall actually now that we got a lot of player interviews and uh, highlights for uh, or, or from the player streams. I think we could do personalized player intros Like for example we got a sonic game and then uh, on the left-hand side, in the yellow from the Ukraine, it's Sonic. And then the, there's this little uh, text thingy and the animation and the music, of course. But what if you play a sound file saying, amazing, or something uh, like that? That would yeah, be, be so cool.
0: cool. Kind of like what StarCraft 2 does with uh, the GSL names. And like they read it off like it's like a Microsoft Sam or something, but yeah. it's like a Korean accent Microsoft Sam. Yeah, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's you- something I really want to do for for fall.
0: Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, it, it's like, it opens up so much more stories. It allows players to like actually show their personalities. Yesterday, <sighs> uh, Cruncher, dude, <laughs> 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 Cruncher. <laughs> Cruncher playing Saron and, uh, well, he kind of owned him. And in the final uh, game two, he pull, like takes his ha- ke- uh, hands off the keyboard, grabs a pillow, tucks it in behind his head. And he's just chilling, falling asleep as he 2-0s Saron. Um, that's the kind of funny stuff that you'd like to see, right? You don't get that without a player cam.
1: Exactly. We saw that in the regional finals already uh, with Kraft. ...doing the no-hands Warcraft, that's of course uh, patented by Kaiser originally... ...but a couple of players are allowed um, to steal that meme from him, I think. And that was really cool, like Krav uh, making a statement against Blade... ...and yesterday, Cruncher, who is... ...if you look at him and if you see him in the post-game interviews... ...such a chill dude, of course he has his very own sense of humor... Who ...might be a little dry and vicious at times, but... You don't really think that he would do something like that and he's just embracing it. It's really cool to see. Some some people like it, some people don't like it, as with everything in in life, I guess. Uh but I don't mind a little spice in my food.
0: Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. I mean it's very tame if we're looking at like you know, like people get their feelings hurt, sure, but I mean uh
1: maybe Saran would, but uh, you know, he was really cool then. to see Saran uh prior to the game, by the way such a relaxed cool dude at the big smile on, on his face like he of course knew that he was up against the american champion and probably doesn't stand a chance also due to uh, favorable ping for cruncher let's put it that way mm. um but he sat there and he was just enjoying himself big big uh, aussie or nz smile there uh, that was nice i want to see more and now that we got the player cameras we included a scene where you have them not really full screen but almost full screen and that was super nice to see as well. Some people super chill, like Hitman, of course. Uh, I tried, like, I think he was vaping there as well, like immediately after the game. First thing he does is grab the vape pen and go. Okay, dude. Uh, I tried to have that not on the broadcast, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Some people get a little more stressed. This is, uh, yeah, this is for me the big thing we introduced this <coughs> season as well as Zoom for players and observers.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, jeweling's not that bad, right? I mean, it's whatever he wants to do. Um, I think it's cool though because you get to see how players react or or the, what the reactions are. Just like it makes it way more legit. It kind. It looks like um. You know, like in CS:GO when like they like or big tournaments when they like pan over to the teams and the players, and it just adds like more emotion. Like as the yeah. games are going. Um. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And today, man, we got Thorzine versus Sonic. So many good games today, man. I, I, I'm i so pumped.
1: Yeah, I want uh, to pick to up just... uh, on, on, on one game of yesterday before we go into today, and that was mm. Starshaped versus X-Lord because that was the standout game, I think. Uh, most of the favorites just prevailed. I think Starbuck disappointed a little. Little DC uh, had no chance against Foggy, etc. But Starshaped, he came into this session... He was already smiling from ear to ear when I saw his camera the first time, you know, him uh with a with this uh, uh beach and 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 sunset in the background. I was like, "Dude, this this guy knows how to do a virtual camera." And he was smiling like, "Okay, this is, this is me memeing a little." And then he changed his background for the camera to uh spike barricades, reinforced defenses, orc towers. And on tight hunters, <laughs> he built 35 towers. This was so cool. He came into this series, probably knowing that okay, this is X Lord. Like, I don't really have a chance if I play straight up. My mission is to put on a freaking show from moment one on. With the cameras, with the playstyle. Uh for 4 game 2, he switched it up. Played a tower rush instead of 50 Bad Riders. Starshape did it right
0: Yeah I mean uh, That's uh, He he just What does he do He just plays Whatever the balance says So like mm-hmm. now he thinks Orc's OP So he's Orc now uh, He used to be human Back in the day Night Elf And then now Orc I, I love that It's like uh, It's like Infi If he picked a race um, But yeah Starshape's a really Really smart player I think uh, that's Oh I don't want to spoil anything I can't actually say that but um, Carson would get mad, but uh, <laughs> whoops, okay. but um, might uh, might be a theorycraft interview, maybe. Mm. And I think that's an interesting mind to uh, to really get into, because I think uh, I think he is a very, very smart player when he's not overly whining and bitching about balance. Um, I do think, like, uh, he's got a smart mind for it. Obviously, yeah. going into it, he just doesn't run into X-Lord and try to think that he could beat him. He tries to methodically do that, right? And um, even Thorzane in the interview with uh, Carson on TheoryCraft, saying, like, Starshape's super smart, gets a lot of builds and insights from him. Uh, and coming from Thorzane, that's, like, pretty big accolade, So, Yeah. I didn't catch the games. He actually Mass Tower proto'd, like, Batriders?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. It, like, it's so there's funny. a meme on... Uh twitter right now i don't know if you saw it i i posted it on our uh twitter as well by skud of course he's cheering for all the swedes and did a little meme here on Star uh it's one of these when the brains get bigger memes so it's like it's going from standard orc is the smallest like it's the orc brain then a little bigger brain is uh Shadowhunter shadow hunter and wyvern then the big brain is raider hit and run uh and it goes on and on, like l- losing all raider into eighty bats. He literally played like so many bad riders. He had two groups of bad riders, one to the left hand side, one to the right hand side, and killed both expansions at the same time. Expand all yeah. opponents' natural into more bats, and then in the end, losing all bats, make more bats instead of wyvern. Entertain everyone in Europe. That was clearly the hypest match, and uh, it's all over Reddit now as well. This 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 meme. Uh if more players would be like Star shaped, that would be great.
0: Yeah. Uh I think that's funny and entertaining. We've seen players do that too, right? Like we've seen Krav put on funny strats to yeah. side is another one that comes to mind. Like you yeah. never know what he's gonna do. Really good strats, that's good to see. Thorzane too. I mean, if you see Pally Rifles, you're like, Oh baby, here we go. Um yeah, very entertaining.
1: Yeah, you wanted to talk about today, uh, in Europe we got Craven and Neutron, we got Blade Inside in a rematch, we got Thor Zane and Sonic in a rematch, and we got Vortex versus Johnny Cage, which is incredibly hyped.
0: Yeah, I woke up a little bit early today, uh, not only to do the podcast, but to catch some of these games, so I do I do want to watch some of these really good ones. Krav, Neutron, very good, Thor Zane, Sonic, very good, Vortex, Johnny Cage, like to end the day for Europe, that's a banger and a half uh blade blade side's always close as well blade side's always close
1: and in america of course we got kiwi versus insub for the third time in two weeks as well as a uh, deuce and arc which is going to be real real cool and uh, close i guess so ricky i want to ask you something um there was this mm. tweet by walker3jim Uh, I don't know if you saw it and it's kind of bad for the people who listen to the podcast but during the interview with Hitman, you were popping off incredibly hard and nobody really knew like why. There was no, like for the viewer, there was no reason to like be happy or or to to get off. What what happened there?
0: (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so like there's no context. Like I was, when I was doing it um so what happened was behind the scenes we talk a lot of shit and you might have been actually going for a smoke break but um hitman lost game number one against uh hunter on concealed hill and i was talking to carson about it and i said uh i said you know that hitman build it's pretty good with the demos but the beast jerry's always super late and i feel like you you can't get out you know bat riders for uh, for chimeras or you can't get anything and um and Carson always shits on my analytics. Like, <laughs> whenever whenever I say anything analytical, he'll just... He'll give me the benefit of the doubt and hear me out, but chances are I'm wrong as well. But in this case, I wasn't. I was like, I think the Beast Jerry's just late. He has to work on this build because uh, it just doesn't flow right. It seems like a, a Hunter's got a timing to kill Hitman and, you know, better Night Elf players, like maybe the Asians, would take advantage of that. And Carson behind the scenes just goes... No, it was on time. And I go, all right. And then Remo starts laughing, you know, because I'm fucking trying to give my take on it. And Carson just starts, uh, uh you know, no, Rick, it was on time. You're wrong. You know, Carson is. And I'm just like, all right. So in the Hitman interview, out of nowhere, we're talking about the the games uh, as he, he came back in one uh, spoiler alert, came back in one, two, one. Uh, and then in the interview, he goes, you know, my build's pretty good, but I do need to work on it. My bestiary was a bit late. As soon as I hear that, <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, Carson, let's go. And I just fucking pop right off. Cause I was, I was, I was like, I finally, I got one over Carson. Hell yeah, dude. Cause Carson's a brilliant mind for the game, obviously. Um, but yeah, that was just a little behind the scenes banter between me and him. And, uh, I realized later, cause, um, yeah, I got posted and I, and Remo was all Remo like messaged me and he's like, "Yo, you all right?" And then I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, dude. I was just like that was against Carsi He's like, "Oh, but like, if you're watching that, there's no context there's whatsoever. No reason like, at all. <laughs> like we're literally just interviewing him and he's just <laughs> talking, and I just lose my mind. Like, so I could see how like ridiculous you,
1: that looks. It looked like Did you just you... won a sport bet or something. If you're betting on horses and your horse just won the race or whatever. I I knew it was." Uh, What's up? I heard it before and I can totally relate because it's it's the same dynamic with me and Remo, right? He's uh, Way more knowledgeable about the game than I am So whenever I have a good take and players confirm that my take was right, especially since Remo uh, no hard feelings But he can be a little stubborn sometimes uh, with his opinion um, and, And very very focused on it. So when I'm right there, it's very rare uh, I think in 95% of the cases, Remo is right, obviously, but these 5%, man, as the uh, play-by-play caster who does more of the action and the storytelling and hype, etc., this is such a great feeling if you get things right.
0: And it's like half of the shit I say that's like analytical is just me plugging something that Carson's already told me in the past. Or, yeah, yeah. Or like <laughs> a pro's already told. So like this was for me. Do you know what I mean? Like like this was for me. This was my own observation. And oh, it, sure. it just felt so good um, to, to hit that. And um, yeah, because I'm always looking for like uh, reassurance, you know? Like I'm always looking for Carson to be like, wow, I've never thought of that, but that's a really good point. So when he absolutely shit on me uh, during the break... <laughs> I was like, dude, I still feel like that's way, the B-Jerry is way too late, you know? Like, And then Hitman saying that was just like, hell yeah. But uh, yeah, that felt good. What did you think, um, you know, since we're talking about day one, just a small uh, thing I wanted to bring up. What did you think about X-Lord's interview?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. To introduce the viewers uh, to that a little bit, of course, we talked about the Todd and drama in episode two, three, something like that, pretty early in uh, podcast history here. And, of course, me and Todd are doing the interviews because reason for that, by the way, is uh, that Remo is not part of the interviews, not because we don't want him to ask questions that, uh, like that take forever uh, because his his questions are always very long no no um he has to do the clean feed and for that he has to be uh silent as the player interviews are on the clean feed so he is picking up what me taught and the players are saying and then sends it to the chinese dreams and the uh, international clean feeds etc that is why remo is not part of that um Todd was asking Axelord a question and Axelord was saying uh, due to your uh, malicious behavior in the past in games I won't answer the question as uh, to you I'm always the worst player in the world. Uh, Pointing towards in-game beef between of course Todd and mouse boards and uh, and, uh, maybe Axelord of course as well for a long long time. Um, He made a statement with that for sure. Of course, me doing the broadcast and knowing how important that is to me personally, I think, oh, was that really necessary? Was that... Do you really have to do that? Um, but it's the big stage. I understand that he did that and that he wanted to send a message. And I mean, if you're not doing that on that stage, you probably don't have a bigger stage than that. So, personally... I don't i don't like it and i was like oh boy how do i fix this situation mm, but if i'm not egocentric and and looking from Lord's perspective i can totally understand it i think it was not over the top it wasn't too bad that there were no insults um it was like his point of view from what's happening in games between the two on Ladder, uh, plus his point of view on the things that happened between Todd and Enter on, on Ladder, and of course on Twitter, etc. etc. And then he denied the answer. Uh, that's kind of my take. I don't think it was too bad. It was, of course, causing some waves and all the discords and stuff, but that's what you can get. I think it's it's good that players voice their opinion in general. Um, didn't hurt the broadcast too much, of course. For Todd, it was very uncomfortable. Well, it must have been uncomfortable. I can only imagine. I don't know. Uh, for me, it was a little uncomfortable. But broadcasting is not always comfortable. And if players challenge you, it's interesting. And interesting things are mostly good for the broadcast. That was a long answer. <sighs> I think. What do you think? Uh,
0: I mean, I watched it. It was very uncomfortable for me to watch. Um, you know, obviously I've been a, a caster asking an interview. I've been in some rough, uncomfortable situations as well. And, uh, it's never fun. Um, I wouldn't really go as far to say as like Todd deserves it or X Lord is warranted. I think on the big stage, I don't know if that's the right, it's the biggest platform to do it. You're absolutely right. Um, should a player, you know, on mouse sports do that kind of low? In my opinion, uh, not the time or the place. Also, you know, we're trying to hype them up. It's not like Todd went out of his way to ask a condescending question or try to belittle him. I think Todd on the broadcast is always very professional. He praised um, him
1: for, for his play.
0: And it was a very good question. It was like, you literally beat Foggy and Fly. Do you feel like it's the best you're ever playing as he, you know, 2 O's another player? um before dreamhack you know and uh i i just i thought it was uncool you know and i love x lord the first time i used to hate him because all i would get was his twitter trolling uh for na and it wasn't until the card where you know he won and we interviewed him and i was like oh this guy's a fucking nice guy like you know he just understands when to troll when to not but he's not he's not a malicious person you know and uh, me and carson like ended up loving him but i just think like there it was kind of just uncool, you know, and he just wanted to shake it up. We're just trying to put on a good show, and so was Todd, man. And Todd, you know, like whether whether you have beef and shit, I don't really think it's it's the right outlet to do it there. Um, it was just really cringe, man. Like if you're a mouse sports player, you should have a little bit more pride in in what you're doing and what you're how you're presenting yourself, honestly, because I consider mouse sports to be a premier team um their premier org there should be like a level of standard that kind of low shit like petty shit should just be dropped um but he wanted to bring it up and he brought it up and it is what it is um i just thought it was very uncomfortable i actually felt for todd man i I reached out and i said dude you know that was it was kind of uncomfortable i'm sorry you had to go through that and uh for a player like Lord, you shouldn't really have to do that um there's a whole bunch of drama behind all that shit though between them and you know, the stream sniping, trying to get a reaction out of Todd, and then Todd actually just giving them that reaction. And this has been, like, a year, I think, of fuel just, like, people both fucking with each other. And um, to see it spill out, like, professionally on cam like that was kind of just... It was kind of just cringe.
1: Yeah, actual interviews are always, uh, as an interviewer, hit or miss. Like, yesterday was very, very serious about things. Uh, but you can also... Get interviews with him where he's in a super jolly mood and gives the best answers on the planet, especially in Meisterschaft that is very, very common. Uh, but sometimes you get an Axelord like this and of course all the peop- all, all people in the world got their ups and downs and yesterday was a little more serious. He wants to stand up for his teammates, uh, which can be good from a perspective but yeah, that was, I I was really happy that he didn't throw me under the bus because I simply repeated Todd's question pretty much word for word and then he answered me. So he could have, like, dragged me down with them as well, but he didn't do that. So uh, that was, like, for me personally, really, really nice uh, in the Yeah, end.
0: kudos to you as well. Kudos to you for picking it up because you immediately – assess like okay well this is fucking bad let yep. me pick this up <laughs> let me rescue todd and a class act to todd as well for just staying silent that's the right move you know he just stayed silent he didn't punch back Damn, uh he took it on the chin he just sat there very uncomfortable to watch though but uh big kudos to you for kind of saving the interview and then just because you immediately just snap okay well you know i'll, I'll carry it on uh, uh x lord and then you did ask verbatim the same question he yeah. answered you so just like a low, just a low class move, you know, uh, I, I just didn't like that. And honestly, I'm the king of low class. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, there's a time and a place for sure. But, you know, it <laughs> reminds me of, um, of you know, there's a lot of players in the NA scene that I don't get along with. Um, and unfortunately, with Dust League, I have to associate with them that I don't necessarily want to. But it's for the betterment of the game, for the betterment of the scene. Yeah. You have to just take it on the chin. And uh, I think for the most part, I've just rec- recused myself from from interviewing players that probably just don't want to deal with me. Um, I can understand you know, like, that. Like, like an arc. Like, I don't think I'll ever interview an arc arc again uh, because we just don't get along. You know, we we just don't uh, see eye to eye. So I think I just wouldn't put myself in a situation to have that happen you know i know he doesn't want to hear my questions or, or talk to me so why would i why would i do that unfortunately sometimes you're in a professional broadcast and like you said remo can't jump in so it's you and todd and there's no choice like you can either have just todd sit silent which might be the play now i think if there's an Lord interview i think todd should just sit silent like don't you know like just don't uh give that a, don't make that an option um
1: yeah, oh. but just stupid, stupid drama, you know, <laughs> ah, it, it's not that big. I think, uh, I think I will just ask next time if he wants to do it with me alone or, or not, uh, like these interviews as an, as an interviewer, like, oh boy, did I get hit hard last year by happy? For example, when he said, uh, that question is not appropriate for a winner interview. And I sat there in pain, uh, it th- th- happens. it's it's I think it can be fun for viewers. and uh, players have the right to to say no to questions, I think. and yeah, yeah, I mean one hundred percent.
0: I love it. I love a little drama too, but maybe I'm just not used to it. I don't know maybe I'm just not used to seeing we my friends We have an entire through, you
1: know? season We have an entire season of drama coming up yeah. baby let's go. Um speaking of seasons a little little oh I oh, know uh, I want to touch on one thing as well. I said it's super stressful also leading up um to the tournament. It's not just the tournament itself because all these assets have to be produced. You have to work with a graphic guy. I have to work with our coder to adjust uh, our broadcasting tool to the dream hack design etc etc we have to work with the admins to get player pictures so there's a lot of stuff and it has to be like it, it's it's always finished last minute pretty much it, it just it works that way um so that was a lot of stress but once the broadcast starts or once you create the Discord group with all the casters and you check hey who wants to do what and how we do with this and we have a little bit of a rundown and uh you start the call and you hear the others it's like Sunset or something. It's like the sun is shining again. Uh, Everybody is super pumped for this. Our chemistry is, I think, really cool. Doesn't really matter if Europe or Americas or if we mix. Um, This is a little Warcraft broadcasting family, even though we're, of course, a lot of kilometers apart from each other and we don't have a green room to share, which is uh, usually at offline events where you just sit and chill and refresh and stuff. But yeah, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, it's 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 really a very comfortable work environment, and that goes also to the DreamHack project management. Uh, MMY is so awesome. Like, well, I think it was two days ago or just Wednesday. He answered a message of mine at eight a.m. European time, and he answered a message of yours I think at 3.30 a.m. European time. So this guy is just not sleeping. He's just there for all of us. People are just awesome.
0: Yeah, I I definitely feel that sentiment. I look forward to the green room yesterday. Not so much. You waited till like three minutes to go live before you like joined us in the call or something. Like six minutes. I like my green room time, motherfucker. I like to shoot the shit. You
1: were not in position for a green room talk because you had other business to do. What do you mean? You took a big dump prior to the broadcast.
0: Yeah, I got to take a pregame dump. That's the Bedu ritual. <laughs> uh, you got to get it out if you want to get in. That's what I always say. Um, do you have like a, a ritual? I seriously take a pregame dump every stream. I can't help it. I don't know if it's nerves or anxiety. I have to. Got to flush uh, the demons.
1: Do I have a ritual? I used to have it when I started. I, I always listened to, uh, which then became my intro, like we in Cambria and Enter Shikari. So that... Especially li- listening to Queen and Camry, was kind of my ritual. Of course, going for a smoke because I'm I'm a stupid addict and can't help myself. Uh, but that is, I think, what I did. Just music, and when we switch from German to English, just half an hour to the broadcast, or maybe an hour. I'd say, "Hey, Remo, uh, just to get me in the groove and stuff. Can we? Can we just?" talk English to each other. And he's like, yeah, hey, sure. Because he just flips the switch, but especially in like 2015, 16, it was really rough for me. Now I can flip that switch as well. But yeah, those were kind of my rituals.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think, uh, yeah, I look forward to that too, man. As soon as like the calls in and you can hear the boys like start to fumble in and everyone's hyped. It's, it takes away that stress because you're behind the scenes working, trying to plug everything so stressed out. And then, uh, you know, there's me going, what's going on, bitches? You know, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you. yeah, baby, let's go. At least that's the vibe I get. I get the, like, let's Dude, fucking yesterday, go,
1: you know? Uh, yesterday, and was it also War 3 Champions? I'm not too sure. You annoyed the shit out of me because I was already, <laughs> like, like yesterday, it was already all the stress. And then I already had a five-hour broadcast. And then you came in fresh as a daisy, pumped as fuck. With yes, sir. way too much energy <laughs> and way too happy, man. But I think uh... it's, a,
0: it's the first time I actually pissed Carson off, too, because like we you know, we cast and we get like into our moment and we enjoy our breaks. I know Carson enjoys our, our three minute break, right? He likes to like wind down and like clear his head and get ready for the next thing. And I'm just in the, the break room, I guess, uh, behind the scenes muted, and I'm just singing and shit really loud. And Carson Carson's like, shut up! is like, shut up! And I'm like, what? He's like, just shut up! It's a fucking break! <laughs> and He's like, all stressed out. Your camera totally fucking moved. Yeah, there we go. I got that. Did um, happen. But podcast
1: uh, as well. Fuck that camera stand.
0: Oh, getting a nice in, inside peek of the door frame. Maybe his bed. There we go. This Everything is a Patreon is exclusive. Right? Patreon exclusive right here.
1: I think I broke this bitch. Uh oh. It's fine.
0: No, no. it'll work. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Did you actually break it?
1: <laughs> I think so uh, who, who cares? People on the podcast can't see it, so it doesn't matter. Um yeah. we're also at World Three Champions finals.
0: Yeah, we did. Uh I gotta say, man, a lot to be taken from that. Uh let's talk about production first. Um we did two V twos, right? There was two V twos to be casted, there was one V ones. Uh super okay. cool. FFA, yeah, you did the FFA to start. What did you think about? Because this was new for me. But what did you think about like shuffling casters mid series, which we did a lot of? Because uh... I'm so used to like, oh, you're doing this series. Okay, this best of three. I, I get the I get a break, and then the next one. Um... <laughs> If you guys aren't seeing it on the YouTube, <laughs> if you guys are on Spotify, Neo is trying to center his camera on himself, but it keeps on panning to the right and left. Like he definitely broke his fucking camera, which is so funny. Um But uh what did you think about about switching Caster's mid mid-series?
1: It was okay, I think. Uh we wanted to give everybody the time they deserve and switch it up a little. Um I don't really have a pro or con opinion on that to be honest like i just do what i'm supposed to do fair enough fair Or enough. i tell people um, what to do rather because i'm the boss of course
0: that's true that's true uh fair enough yeah i think um super good tournament jesus christ that's got to be is that the best tournament we got
1: oh i think january was way better
0: well, I mean, yeah, you're comparing, you know, because you got more viewers, or, like, how do you base it on... Uh, also, the games were
1: a lot better. Um, there was a lot less drama as well, I think, at least. Mm, I don't know, I wasn't too hyped about this season, to be honest. Like, what, what were the great games?
0: Uh, I thought X-Lord series were pretty good. Beating Foggy, bidding uh, Fly. The Fly games, like the Tidehunters game on uh, Fly X Lord was amazing.
1: It was kind of um, a stomp though, right?
0: No, it was back and forth, dude. It was back uh, and yeah. forth. Like Fly wanna fight, X Lord wanna fight, Fly, the Fly Wanna fight. Fly games
1: for sure. Uh, but but the Foggy games, mm-hmm. I think. They were yeah, Fo- they Fo- were Foggy pretty much stomped. Owned.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, yeah, um I don't know. from From my perspective, a lot of things can can be improved for War Three Champions tournaments. Uh, maybe it was a little bit too ambitious to go for one on one, two and two, and FFA at the same time, and going global at the same time. Those were two tasks that were a lot heavier on on workload and and people in the back than the previous seasons, where it was just one on one and just one region. So scheduling this globe like a global event is pretty much impossible. Uh, Of course, we had American players there who, uh, like InSup, for example, we had a lot of European players, we had a lot of Asian players, and you have to fit them all into one broadcast schedule, which is almost impossible. Then you have to figure out hosts, and uh, it was 16 people for one-on-one, it was 16 people for 2 and 2 and it was four people for FFA, so that's 36 players that have to be there on a weekend and that was so stressful maybe there was a little too much at once Mm. yeah i don't know yeah Uh, player i I was just stressed out for 10 days prior to this i couldn't really enjoy it to be honest
0: yeah, I think, well, you're behind the scenes way too much, and I think maybe for something like this, you should just do production and cast because you take so much shit on the chin when they have so much staff members, they should just handle it themselves. Oh, um, but no, that would, that not,
1: would, you can't really say that because, um, of course, they have staff members, but those are coders, those are graphic artists, those are network technicians, and then there's uh, flaws, I guess, who is a lawyer or a defendant or whatever, and has two kids and a family. Then there's uh, Safid who's also super busy. And there's Toxie uh, who has like a math PhD and is at university. So that's not what they are there for. That's all extra tasks. There's no dedicated tournament organizer for. Well, or that's kind
0: of bullshit though, right? That's kind of bull. Like why run a tournament then if you don't have the staff or the means to do it? Like that's like, are you, then you're biting more than you could chew. That's kind of a bullshit cop out answer.
1: Happened here. Um and I'm I'm yeah, I think that that's something that happened here because we were not really on good terms at the end of the Orga uh time like prior like one one day prior to the tournament. Uh I think we all had enough of each other. Um
0: Oh shit, you want to go into that? No, not really. Uh that's that's Fucking bury him, Giannis. Bury him. Let's go. We want the dirt, baby. <laughs> no, no, it's all um, good again.
1: Um, I said, yo, guys, uh, things are not looking too crisp at the moment, but once the game starts, we're gonna have fun, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, especially day one was super fun when you weren't there. So fuck off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I don't know. There's so much I took from this tournament. And like you said, they are just composed of developers and uh, behind-the-scene dudes. They don't really have, like, TOs or anybody that knows what the fuck they're doing. Um, The tournament finished. Yeah, there was some up and downs, but they actually completed a tournament, which says a lot. Like you said, they had to juggle 36 players and fit them into a 10- to 12-hour window, uh, an 8-hour window or something, which is hard to do. I don't know if I could do that. Um, but a lot of drama, you know, 15 sway, knowing what server he was going to play on, knowing what ping he would have. But some reason he sees happy with one ping and all of a sudden I don't want to do that anymore. Um, you know, a little bit on the players as well, because I feel like they were told which servers they were going to play on and what their ping would be. That was uh, a rule they book. Yes. Yep. And uh, well, we know players don't fucking read rule books, obviously, um, especially ESL ones if they're fucking 56 pages long. We'll get into that. <laughs> the fucking webcams like how okay so did you know that cruncher and hitman and probably duck had no idea that they had to use player cams
1: no but i'm no, not surprised at all
0: i messaged them yesterday uh day one by the way it was yesterday guys and i said hey by the way you have to use webcams victor goes what i'm like yeah dude uh, it's mandatory and he goes question mark and i'm like are you trolling me or like you didn't know and he's like no and then, of course, like in the, I tell Cruncher, and then Cruncher goes in the dust team chat. He goes, By the way, Victor, you have to use webcams. Uh, Bidu doesn't know. And I'm like, I did know, motherfucker. I told you, but they're trolling me. But um, yeah, no, they had no idea. I think, um, you know, if ESL honestly expects people to read a 56 page rule book on their own, uh, that's kind of ridiculous. They should just reach out and say, Hey, by the way, we changed the rule, we're adding mandatory webcams um which by the way i don't think they can really do unless they dish them out like if, um,
1: unless you're gonna don't give them yeah don't give them ideas i mean it's the we're in 2021 people have phones Use yeah well phone. what are you gonna do like i i can't do that well you gonna like put your phone down on your
0: monitor and like as your yeah i guess you could do that yeah you can That's do totally, that yeah i could do that right now yeah oh, okay, you could well, do that yeah, right no now excuse. it's no problem at all dude yeah there's no excuse yeah players are just lazy um but uh at least reach out and and tell the players give them an update i think you should do a one-on-one reach out in general
1: one-on-one uh, that's
0: way too stressful i think the, the no there's fuck the, no it's eight players it's
1: 40 fuck players no. you dumb fuck yeah okay so for for na
0: it's eight players
1: for europe how many are in there Why do you have to have a one-on-one? That's just stupid. You send one email to all of them and say, "Here's the rule book. Major things that changed is a webcam. B, you can use Zoom. C, we got new maps. Here you go," and everybody knows. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. At least do they didn't do that, did they? I don't know.
0: Oh well, if they did, nobody read shit into
1: stuff. I don't
0: know. I go out of my way to like reach out one on one and be like, "Hey, is the schedule good for you?" By the way, here's an updated schedule. The schedule also flip flop like three, four, five times. Um, so it's like just to say like, "Hey, man, you're playing here. Are you good?" By the way, webcam. This will be the link you use. We'll walk you through. We'll guide you through. Is that okay? Yes or no? Um, because it just like if you don't do that, then players just don't do it. You know? Like uh, yeah. I wonder what the repercussions are going to be for the players that didn't use webcam. We'll probably uh, never
1: know, man. We'll probably never know.
0: Probably nothing. Players got him by the fucking. Walls. <laughs> uh. Nah, I don't think
1: so because then we wouldn't have seen so many cameras on day one. I think it was just Hunter not using it.
0: Uh yeah. For and us.
1: and Starbuck, I think. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, but going back to War Three Champs, uh, War Three Champs, which is what I want to talk about. Um, I think they have a pretty. They got something going. Uh, Huge viewership for Back to Warcraft. It's an event we'll always cover so long as, uh, you know, it stays hype like this. Uh, The headaches are, you know, a bit of a headache. But honestly, if I was War 3 champs today, I would look into actually getting someone on board that handles TOs and just actually runs the show. Like, that's one thing I love about MMY. Shout out to Nick from, from ESL. That guy is a beast.
1: Yeah. He that is. guy
0: is actually so sick. Um, and he's like a go-to guy. He just like, you know, does the behind the scenes and shit. Um, but like War 3 Champions needs to know their limitations. Like if they're just a group of uh, developers, you know, and and the uh, stop copping out with like, well, you know, we're just all investing our free time and uh, it is what it is. And it's like, dude, like have some pride, you know, like we're investing our fucking free time too. Like we want... You know, what What about our time? You know, like, uh, what about the player's time? Put a little pride into it. Try to make it work, you know? Um, easier said than done. But I think definitely hire someone that can just ha- handle player relations um, and be like the liaison, which I thought was Floss, but Floss wasn't really around too much, I feel. Uh, it was mostly Cepheid that was around.
1: Yeah, Cepheid and Toxie did a lot of the work, and Soul Glider mm-hmm. dealt with the Chinese because he's fluent in, in Mandarin. Uh, so he was, like, the player manager for China, which was a great thing to do. Um, that w- that was really perfect, I think, and I think Seoul did handle it well. But, yeah, I think so, too. Like, this is becoming a major event. This is, to be honest, kind of overtaking WGL's spot as the second biggest tournament next to DreamHack, uh, because WGL is, of course, still using... Reforged graphics and uh, it's still played on NetEase so the Europeans don't really stand a chance so War 3 Champions is definitely more fair even though it's one, still not 100% fair. We're getting there hopefully one day. Uh, but yeah, I think so too. Uh, next season finals have to be dealt better with. Um, either we are going to do it and we said, hey, champ guys give it to us. Like, we can do it, but it's our rules, our schedule, our everything. Um, Or they find someone in the community, which would, of course, be great for us as well. So we don't have the additional workload loading into DreamHack as the tournament calendar is pretty packed uh, with the new Dust League coming right after DreamHack. Whoop, whoop. Hell yeah! Hell Super League. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully
0: it doesn't fucking flop, dude. Oh <laughs> my god! If anything, War Three, War 3 Champions was a good uh, indicator that it can work. It can right? work. It can. Yeah. It can work. It can work as long as the players fully understand that there's a chance you might have a hundred plus ping. Your opponent will probably have like the same, roughly. Because uh, what Dust League is doing is fair ping. It's not going to be one person has eighty and thirty. If that's the case, it'll be switched with a coin toss, or it'll be like you both have one hundred and thirty. And uh, tough shit, you know? I think the problem
1: Um, is really uh, CIS versus Asia because it's pretty close to to Russia and Ukraine. And they will have a big advantage over uh, China and especially Korea or especially China. I'm not too sure how it is. But between America and Europe, it should be fair. Um, There might be a ping advantage of like 20 maybe uh, we can then switch host so for example o- on one map you get map pick but your opponent gets host pick to even things out mm.
0: yeah. I don't really think people give a shit about that is that much of an advantage if I get to pick the map but I'm down two games host wise I think it's just gotta be ping related
1: yeah I mean uh, for example mm... If there's two possible hosts, where on one host player one has a twenty ping advantage, and on the second host uh, player two has a second ping at adv- a twenty ping advantage, it's both pretty fair, but it gives you a small edge. So if yeah, so, so the player with the higher ping gets map choice. That would be a fair thing to do. I think that's something that can work really well.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I still have to like actually take players' pings and really do like a map of what, what ping will, do we want to use because, uh, we really just want to avoid the whole like, well, he has the advantage. Like, I would rather give both players 150 than flip flop 80 30, 30 80. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would rather just say you both play on 150 and, and fucking tough shit, you know? But also, like, I do want to see good games and there's certain things you can't do on 150 ping. Yeah. Um, for example, Lullayot versus Happy yeah. was hard was hard to watch because yeah, you know to play yeah. happy you have to you have to play so fucking out of your mind and you can't do that on that ping. You just can't. Um because it's hard to do it on land, fucking never mind with <laughs> uh with with delay. Are you kidding me? When you play a caliber like that, you have to be able to pot, like do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Um but going let's go back to War Three Champs, you know, obviously a great tournament, crowdfunded, holy fuck the amount of money that was raised big shout out to governor oh yeah governor uh, is the for the king. for for stepping up i know there was a little bit of drama tour uh, behind that uh, uh is the other guy still mia or what
1: i don't know i'm i'm out like i just do dream- <laughs> <laughs> Giannis is like fuck it bro it's over for me a <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. little like, bit of tur- drama this tournament is over i gotta do dream hack now like seriously i can't do anything else but dream hack that we do this podcast it's kind of a miracle already So, like, uh, basically, uh,
0: if you guys didn't know, uh, basically, they had two people that were going to guarantee that they would match a certain amount of crowdfunded money. And one of the guys ended up disappearing. Is he back now? I don't know. Did he match it? I don't know. But one of the guys ended up just being super MIA. um, But he did uh, support
1: a crazy amount before and, yes
0: this guy has supported before that's why like nobody was really uh doubting that he would do it um if anything they were, they were worried if he's all right it wasn't so much that he yeah. scammed right it was more like is he all right did he get yeah. in a car accident which this guy actually might fit that story because he donated and supported the scene so much i know he's a big big uh sub gifter and back to warcraft dono gifter and back to warcraft so a uh, big respect to this guy um I hope he's all right i don't know if he's back yet maybe he is maybe he like reconciled with the boys or whatever i don't know but uh big shout out to governor who actually put up 2500 bucks extra um to to match what his share at least um but what do you think about crowdfunded events because i run crowdfunded events however i don't do it um as an essential i always say dust league has a 400 prize pool uh minimum and whatever else match gives his bonus I, d- I never rely on that i don't think it's sustainable relying on the community because what if you know you kind of put this pressure on the community to hype it up or it's not going to be hype and you never like you can't guarantee that money will always be there It's a very slippery slope. However, the community, this community is so fucking strong Um, to raise that amount of money and everyone's so hyped and the viewership is there. I mean, we have good matches all the time on Back to Warcraft, but for some reason, when War 3 Champions is on, it's doubled, Uh, which is fucking incredible, man. Um, What do you think about crowdfunded events in Warcraft 3 right now? The epidemic of crowdfunded events.
1: Since it's... Like now literally exactly to the dot one hour prior to DreamHack broadcast and we are getting really close to the one hour mark that's always our goal to the podcast, I would use it as a cliffhanger and the topic for epi- for the next episode. Crowdfunded events and if there's too many of them and uh, what can we do about it? Because that, that's like a talk for, for a whole episode, I think. Um, yeah, that's true. I don't think we can get fit that in in five minutes. Exactly. So... We do have one question by Wantu. And of course, we're going to deal with the Q&A here uh, all the time. Um, If Blizzard actually gets their shit together and creates a ladder and profiles for Warcraft 3, what do you think that means for War 3 Champions? Seems like people won't move away from War 3 Champions, as it'll always be the superior ladder system, but the mostly more casual player base on Battle.net can't be ignored for the health of the game. Um, Also a question that could fill an entire podcast. Thank you, Wantu, for that. I think... It's relatively simple in that Battle.net is going to be grassroots. And if you're getting good, you go to War 3 Champions as the elite ladder.
0: Uh, So the truth is Blizzard will never be able to catch up to War 3 Champions. Uh, They work too slow and they work too stupid. Meaning um, when they do have a ladder, if ever... Um, their idea of we fixed it will be adding two servers, maybe max. Right now we have uh, West, Europe, and Korea. The, what they might do is add East, Oceanic, and fucking f- some Russian server. And then they'll be like, there, it's fixed. But we're still going to like, look at the problems we have with War 3 Champions with the variety of hosts. We still have tons of problems. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Blizzard's not going to fix that people will ladder on it maybe when they can't find War 3 Champions but War 3 Champions will always be the hub the good thing however is if Blizzard does implement a ladder with better servers we can fucking pull those players over to War 3 Champions because we now have an outlet to fucking check the stats who's banging on Bnet that doesn't necessarily know what War 3 Champions is that's going to be the play we're just going to leech off of that and bring them over and siphon all of their all the players that we don't know exist yet Um, you know like another dice there could be another 18 to 21 year old kid that's loving the game right now pogging out but uh you know there's no way to track them that'll be the play but is blizzard ever going to catch up to war 3 champions fuck no dude they lost they fucking lost and are they ever gonna like invite war 3 champions into the tent no so it's just gonna be us it's just gonna be war 3 champs uh in the community uh for the rest of the time yeah
1: yeah i think uh that's pretty much my opinion as well like we should always maintain war 3 champions uh, let alone for the fact that what if they decide to shut down the servers at one point for whatever reason you can never be sure with Blizzard these days right so um, I said this even before Reforged was announced uh, we have to stay independent because that's where we are the strongest as a community as a DIY community um, that's what we were for the majority of Of the lifespan of this game and this is what we are and this is what we will be and i think that's super duper cool because we can be so proud of what we accomplished all together
0: we can do it we can do it. we can bring in sponsors we We can keep we can keep the lights on together as a community i totally feel it the numbers are there for warcraft 3 you can Um, do it if you
1: really want that's
0: seriously song. and that that's that's a cliffhanger for for next podcast too because i definitely want to talk about you know the marketing aspect of, of the game and yeah. and what certain tos and stuff can do so we'll bring that up next uh next week for sure yeah um great question by Wantu though yeah. that's a really good question but i i really don't think B- uh, blizzard can compete right now i think they've lost
1: Uh, We win because we have so many amazing Patreons, Ricky. And uh, the best, of course. The Mr. Mr. Number One. The MVP. The Golden Gold Knobberquakes. Thank you so much for your incredible support uh, since the beginning of this Patreon. Same goes for all the people in the Midas tier. That is 50 euros a month and more. That is uh, Toxie. That is Taggy. That is NUM. That is Save Orcas. And that is Ascription. Looking forward to the next coaching, my man. Glad to see you doing well and see you so happy after. After ESL Meisterschaft. And of course, that goes for the profit tier. That is a Dondolare, Jay gets and N Padrud. You guys are really, really cool. Thank you for allowing us to do what we love and what we want to do. And uh, not canceling your Patreon subscription. That's pretty amazing. Uh Ricky, people, um, leechers, freeloaders might be thinking, what the hell are they talking about? What's this Patreon?
0: Yeah, we have a Patreon now. A lot of good perks. Uh, big key to that I was going to bring up. You know, when this episode comes out, it'll be on the 14th, uh, a week after. So, uh, unless you're a Patron, you get it tomorrow, which is the 7th. So you get a quick access uh, week past to uh, check out the, the podcast that we do. Um, there's coaching. There's uh, priority Q&A. There's priority theorycraft replay analysis. So if you send a replay to Carson and you're a Patreon, he will do your replays first. Um, there's priority coaching one-on-one 45 minute sessions with, with Remo or Carson one-on-one in-depth video call, uh, with your boy, ponytail on or off. It's whatever you prefer Remo to be dressed as, um, assless chaps. He'll do whatever you want. Um, but, uh, a lot of good perks, uh, for this and uh, you support back to Warcraft and, and we appreciate it, man, because, uh, you know, uh, we just want to keep doing what we're doing and uh it's a good way to support us you don't have to support us however but if you feel generous and you feel uh you want to uh help out that's great and it's not like you're doing it uh, and getting nothing out of it there's a lot of uh stuff that we're doing another big thing that we're doing probably in the middle of the month will be our in-house and i can actually tell you what that's about because we've done one already had a lot of fun we had like eight people show up we did 4v4 we did uh uh what's that fucking game uh game again oofa party we did Uther Party, but what's the other one? Takeshi's Con. No, uh, Weakest Link. Yeah, we did the Weakest Link where you have to like guess that sound, game sound and uh, stuff like that. Uh, 4v4, like I said, Uther Party. It's just a lot of fun. We're just hanging out for you know two, three hours, uh, shooting the shit. Hang- it was such a good time, man. Uh, some of the patrons are so chill. Uh, Scription was there. Noobquakes was there in the flesh. Got to hear his voice. Uh, It was so dope. Um, but uh, yeah, something else to do. If you're feeling it. So if you're feeling, uh, by the time you read this, if you're not a patron, it'll be the 14th. We'll probably be doing our in-house like later on that week. So sign up today. Come and hang out on the patron. We'll tell you what channel to meet. We'll be in there in a voice chat. Come hang out. Get your mic. Get your mouse and keyboard and try to beat my ass. Bet you can't do it.
1: I tried I can tell you that of course if you uh, want to support us but uh, not necessarily financially there's plenty of ways especially when you're listening to the podcast just subscribe to the podcast uh, give it a good rating give it a thumbs up give it the five stars leave us a comment we're of course reading that get that goes for pretty much everything if you see us on socials if you see us on YouTube leave a heart uh, subscribe ring the bell that all helps to support the uh, product and the team and the reach and make more people aware of that. So every single interaction on socials, on YouTube, on podcast platforms helps us a lot. Uh, So that would be really, really cool. You can also, of course, create 70 accounts and just do that with all 70 accounts if you have a little bit of spare time. We have no spare time at all. We are getting into the DreamHack podcast. podcast? No, broadcast. Uh, Well, super chill, Ricky. Thank you very much and see you next week. See ya,
0: man. Have fun, and I'll see you later tonight for America Day 2.